Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey guys. Before we get into the excellent music we have lined up for your listening pleasure today, we want to let you know the following is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Are you in need of a new chair for your office, studio, or gaming space? Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with a lazy boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box in all of our videos and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all of the support dude this is going to be a great episode i have been counting down the days until we did <laughs> this one like you have no idea yuzo kashiro is one of my personal all-time favorite video game composers i say this all the time i i am a huge fan of his work i i love everything that he's done his soundtracks his compositions everything i i am such a big fan of his so I have been dying to do our deep dive into Yuzo Koshiro. We came prepared with seven tracks each. So we have 14 tracks total today spread out across the entirety of his catalog. We don't, we don't have any repeats in terms of games. So we have 14 different games, 14 different tracks. This is going to be a fun episode. We're going to learn a little bit more about Yuzo Koshiro. We're going to talk about his music and we're just going to have some fun. The opening track was your first pick. What was that? That was Magnus's theme from Kid Icarus Uprising, um, the third game in the Kid Icarus series, believe it or not. Okay. This game came out, this game came out in 2012. The original was 86, and then the Game Boy version was 91. Um, and, and it's it's it, often a, a game that I think a lot of people overlook. It was it, it was created because uh, Sakurai um, was reproached by Mr. Iwata. Mr. Iwata wanted, uh, wanted him to work on a launch title for the, for the 3DS. So he came up with this, and then they, they started just cultivating talent, of course, getting Yuzuka Zero to actually do the music. For uh, the, the, the game itself, it's, it's an okay game. It's, it, it, it's, it's a lot different than your normal Kid Icarus game. But the soundtrack now, on this thing? Now you're talking specifically about the 3DS version, right? That's what you're saying here. They're, they're, okay. they're, they're, they're only the 3DS version of this game. Well, what, what I'm saying is, though, but you're not you're not saying that the original NES version would be okay. Like, uh, how would you rate that one? Would that was that better or? Those are great. Those are great games. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. This game, this game is just middle of the road. It's it's, it's a almost like a rail shooter. Really? I thought it was okay. You're constantly you're, you're constantly just moving forward and doing stuff. Okay, I actually didn't realize that. I I didn't play. Uh, I I played some of Kidikers Uprising, but I never finished this one. And I actually even mentioned that when I when I even told that to you we listening to the track. I was like, I don't remember this one. I don't think I got that far in the game. The game had to be played with like a stand. Like it actually came with a stand. Oh, I do remember that. I do remember that. That was which, weird. Which, 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 which I have somewhere in my apartment. I know which I have it. Um, yeah, man, Yuji Kashiro. We're gonna hear us talk about him all day long. Yeah, but uh, he's the king of 
like like synthesized chiptune music. Yes, that's why I'm such a huge fan of him because obviously, as a lot of people know, I mean synthwave and retrowave. It's dude, that's my jam, and and Yuzo Koshiro composes the kind of music that really fits that mold, and I I, I always will love that about him. And he still does that to this day. He's he's young. Yeah, he's only what like fifty. Fifty. Yeah. December twelfth, nineteen sixty-seven. So unfortunately, fifty-one. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is crazy to think about because he got his start in the late 80s. So he was, what, early 20s when he started? Yeah, he started at uh, Falcom in uh, 86. So yeah, okay, so like, what, 24? Was it? 20, 24. 19. He was born in what year? Born in 67. Started in 86. That's 19. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he started at Falcom at 19 years old. Interesting. Interesting. I thought he was a little bit older than that when he got to start, but no, that's actually really crazy. So, um, and interesting that you mentioned Falcom because my first pick happens to be from a Falcom title. So obviously we talked about his, his synth wave and, and all that kind of stuff. And just him being synonymous with that sound. I went ahead and chose for my first pick from Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles, which was on the PC-88. This is Fina. Fina from Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles, which again, that version was from the PC-88 version, which released in Japan in 1989 and here in North America in 1990. Beautiful track, dude. I absolutely love that track. And to me, I feel like that's one of Yuzo Koshiro's most iconic pieces of work when he was from, when he was working at Nihon Falcom. Um, that track regularly to this day gets remixed by the JDK Falcom sound team. Like they are constantly adding that into 
modern day ease titles and even still you know modern day other games too like there's snippets from that that you hear in other games as well so i really feel like they they know the importance of that particular track because you can still hear that in in say ease 8 to this day so i was gonna say this is the song i most associated with yeah yeah that's why i felt like this had to be in the show i mean and and i feel like that's probably the same for everyone um, you know, that, that this track is one of his most iconic pieces of work and it really, really shows. So I, I highly recommend checking out this game. Ease, Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles. And that's so good. Obviously, it's a compilation of both Ease 1 and 2 and great. Fantastic. They're enhanced remakes of the first two games released in the series. And as we all know, I am a huge fan of Falcon because first of all, I am a huge fan of JRPGs. Like, that is my genre. I get the most enjoyment out of playing JRPGs. And Falcom, in my opinion, happens to make some of the best ones, if not the best ones, in the market. I I feel like sometimes they're better than Square, especially modern day. So, with Ease, with The Legend of Heroes, with Xanadu, they're all fantastic franchises. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, I love, love, love playing these games. Um, I'm currently about to start Trails of Cold Steel 2 over on our Twitch channel. And obviously, I've played through all the Ease games. I played Tokyo Xanadu recently, review up at leveldowngames.com. I, I'm a Falcom fanboy, dude. I'm a huge fan of these guys, huge fan of their music. Obviously, Yuzo Koshiro from time to time still works with them, but not that often anymore. But uh, Falcom in general, I'm a huge fan of. And that's thanks in part to a lot of the work that Yuzo Koshiro did for them back in the day. Like that kind of solidified my love for Falcom and especially their sound team and uh, their music. <laughs> I feel like their soundtracks are still amazing, even even without Yuzo Koshiro. But nothing will ever beat the originals, in my opinion. Yuzo Koshiro set the bar and and he still, you know, he still is the bar, so to speak, for for Falcom. So it's really awesome. I love it. It's gonna be hard to follow his most popular and probably one of his best songs ever. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try for a, a little uh, little tune from a city building simulation game on the Super Nintendo. My God. Okay. This is gonna be Fillmore from Actraiser. Fillmore from Actraiser. Uh, it came out in '91 here in the in the states. It, it, it's it's a it's a crazy game. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain this one. You don't even need to, dude. Just let the music talk for itself. Nothing, that is nothing, so yeah. good. You know what? I like that because I, that is to, so to explain, good. To, to explain Actraiser would be something else, but Actraiser Act is the original game that made me love 
having town building and city building within games and obviously that would be fueled further with like dark cloud and everything that level five does but it originates from act racer um such a great game and that music is timeless like it is just amazing it's crazy because i feel like yuzo koshiro was so far leaps and bounds ahead of his time like he's composing music that is legit it sounds like it'd be popular today with this you know this retro wave and synth wave music and movement that's going on right now dude well, the dude, he, the he dude actually, was he so far advanced influ- he actually influences a lot of current djs who put that music out yes he does and, and, and that's a known fact but i want to take you back to yuzo koshiro's past okay so his mother tomo koshiro was a pianist she taught him to play piano when he was three years old and by the age of five he had a very strong command of it so when he was eight he began taking music lessons from now acclaimed film composer Joe Hisashi, who does the, the Miyazaki films. Oh yeah, Joe Hisashi. He's the uh, he is also the composer for Nino Kuni one and two. There you go. The, the friendship, the friendship endured, and he studied with him for three years. So by age eleven, everything Koshiro had learned after self-taught. Wow, impressive. That's, that's just that's, that's a genius right there. That's phenomenal, dude. Like, oh man, uh, he really is. Seriously, I, I I will say this time and time again throughout this show. He really is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, video game composers of all time. I mean, you know, he he's up there with Nobuo Yamato. He's up there with Koji Kondo. He's up there with everyone that I feel just he's one of the best, if not the best. Um, you know, there are days where I prefer Yuzo Koshiro music over anybody else because of my love of 1980s synthwave and, and everything else that comes with it. And because he is just so synonymous with that sound, there are days where I prefer his music over anything else. Like I could put on a Yuzo Koshiro soundtrack and blast that in my car as opposed to modern music, like modern rock or metal. Like there are days where I'm happy listening to Yuzo Koshiro driving on the freeway with the windows down, blasting music. Uh, like I said, the, guy, the guy's a genius. Yeah, he and really. We'll t- oh, I, I will touch more on his roots a little later on. Yeah, I know you definitely dug deep into his past and got some a oh, lot yeah, of a yeah. lot a lot of fun facts for us, as you're known for. So, you, you like bringing in those tanks tidbits? That I do. Tank tidbits. Them, them El Francaro facts and liner notes. <laughs> <laughs> El Francaro, may he R.I.P. We actually killed him off. He's dead. Thank God. What is dead may never die. <laughs> no, we're not quoting it again. We already quoted okay. it on a reaction video. Yes, just, we're not going to quote the Necronomicon here on <laughs> No, 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 no. Let's go ahead and move into one of my favorite franchises of all time, which I am eagerly awaiting the third game of. I'm, of course, talking about Shenmue. And Shenmue 1 and 2 were obviously composed by a host of composers, a ton of different composers on each one of these two games. But I did dig through the actual credits and found what Yuzo Koshiro was actually credited for. And I chose one that is very simple, yet very beautiful. So from Shenmue, this is Rain.
And that was Rain from one of my favorite franchises of all time, Shenmue. And what a beautiful piece of music that was, dude. Like I told you, very, very simplistic and a nice little pianity. Pianity, piano melody. I kind of combined those two words together. You would think it's 2 a.m. at night and we're recording this episode. Actually, it is. Um, so Shenmue originally released on the Dreamcast. It came out in North America on November 8th, 2000, and it is currently scheduled to release later this year for PS4, Xbox One, and PC as Shenmue 1 and 2 HD, uh, which you are buying and you are playing. I will make sure of it. You are going to experience these games and you are going to fall in love with these games. Um, this track plays obviously during a scene in the game that's kind of beautiful it's raining outside and there's a cat and that's all i'm gonna say because i want you to experience rest for yourself so <laughs> great freaking game though dude i absolutely love this um like i said this this was composed by a ton of different people obviously the main one or the most important in my opinion being yuzo kashiro even though he wasn't really credited with a ton of titles or a ton of tracks on that French or god what am i trying to say it's late a ton of tracks on that soundtrack but it was tough to choose which one I wanted to do. And in fact, the one that I wanted to do, Tears of Separation, we already played before. So I couldn't choose that one. That's actually the original one I wanted to do. And then when I when I cross-referenced the spreadsheet, we already picked it. So I couldn't pick that one. So I had to go, I had to go back to the drawing board and pick another one. Because as we always say, we will not pick the same game or the same track more than once. So help me, dude. Save me. I'm drowning in my words. I'm falling asleep. Say something. Wake up, Brian. No, no, not that, not that. No, save me from my rambling here. All right, Brian. So um, this should come as no surprise to you, but in a 1992 interview, Koshiro said that his favorite music genres are new wave, dance music, techno pop, classical, and hard rock. Wait a second. His favorite dance music. Yeah. Do you think he ever composed anything for Dance Dance Revolution? You know, let's play that track right now, Ryan. No, I actually made you delete that track. I refuse to let you. You actually tried to pick that, and I told I you no. To. No, we're going to show respect here. It's a, well, uh, not, not it, only show respect, but it doesn't fit the everything. Like it just doesn't. No, it's, it, it's, it, it doesn't it, gel. It, it, it's the one black mark on his whole entire. I don't even consider it a black mark, but it's like it, it's 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 not what I associate him with. Yeah, it's silly. It's not what I think of Yuzo Koshiro. It's not something that I wanted to include in a deep dive. So I actually made you scratch that track from your list. <laughs> but you know what? You use, use the term there. You said deep dive. Uh-huh. How about we take the deepest? How about we take the deepest of dives here? How about the first game he ever did? Okay. Dragon Slayer Four or Legacy of the Wizard. Okay. Whatever title you want to call it. But we're going to listen to the ending theme. Enjoy. Thank you. 
correction uh, upon a little deeper dive uh not his first work this is the first one as main composer okay his first work was xanadu scenario 2 okay okay yeah, uh so. interestingly enough though obviously this game is called legacy of the wizard but that other name you mentioned dragon slayer 4 this is part of the legend of heroes series dude for uh nihon Falcom. really I've played I've played a Legend of the Heroes game. Okay. Yeah, this is Legacy of the Wizard. Yeah, Dra- Dragon Slayer Four is is originally because the Dragon Slayer franchise is the Legend of Heroes before it actually becomes the Legend of Heroes. Well, how cool is that? Yeah, I mean, there I was check that because it was actually a pretty good uh, action the, RPG. These games are all linked. So the Dra- Dragon Slayer is a series. It started out with Dragon Slayer. And then it kind of moved into Xanadu. So Dragon Slayer 2 is called Dragon Slayer 2 Xanadu. And then from there, it, they bring in the Romancian and uh, Sorcerian games. And those are all still part of the Dragon Slayer franchise as well. And then in 1989, the Dragon Slayer game was titled Dragon Slayer The Legend of Heroes. And that was the sixth game in the Dragon Slayer franchise. And then from there, they just actually started calling it The Legend of Heroes. So everything else after that started just becoming known as the Legend of Heroes, and that actually still maintains the the name of the game uh, to this day. I played one of those games. Yeah. So the only the only actual game series that e- that Falcom has that has never been actually a part of Dragon Slayer is Ease. And there's probably uh-huh. there's probably a tie to that as well somewhere. To be honest, to be honest, <laughs> everything comes back to Ease. Everything comes back to Dragon Slayer, actually. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, pretty cool there. Um, so this is a good game, obviously. Um, you know this, all of these games are. That's why the Legend of Heroes still continues to this day. So pretty cool. Um, and it's kind of funny that you've actually played one. So, in fact, a little funny side story for just a sec. Um, I played this game as a kid. Okay. And I rented it, and I remembered it distinctly. And later on, when I'm trying, as an adult trying to find a game, trying to explain this game to someone, like, well, you play as a family and they have a pet dinosaur, and like, okay, Flintstones. I'm like, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's an RPG. Meet the Flintstones. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's, it's impossible to explain this game, but I remember, I've always remembered what the cover looked like. I, I happened by it. I actually own this game. Oh, do you? Wow, I, I don't actually, own this I still, one. I actually still have my copy here somewhere. I, I sold both Nintendo games. I still have this one somewhere. That's freaking it's, awesome, it's, dude. I don't own this one at all, so that's awesome that you still have this. It's it's it's, it's really fun. Um, I remember as a, as a kid, it's one of those ones I rented a few times. So yeah, well, very cool, dude. Very cool. Um, okay, let's go ahead and move into my next pick for this one, and I am gonna go to a, a Sega Genesis game. So, from the Revenge of Shinobi, this is Sunrise Boulevard. (laughs) 
was Sunrise Boulevard from The Revenge of Shinobi. So The Revenge of Shinobi released on the Sega Genesis here in North America December 2nd, 1989. That's the same day it actually released in Japan as well. Um, this is a very difficult game. I don't know if have you uh, have you played Revenge of Shinobi? I have, I have. Yeah. They're, they're definitely difficult games. They're almost too difficult because I've never finished Revenge of Shinobi. Um, I probably should go back and try to play it now that I've I've honed the craft and I've gotten better at games because yeah. I, I was playing this obviously when I was a younger kid. Um, it, the game is universally loved, dude. Like it, it got great reviews everywhere. Just everyone said the game is probably a little bit too difficult more than it should be. But the soundtrack, dude, the, the freaking soundtrack is so good, obviously, because it's Yuzo Koshiro. And I really like what they did with this one here. Obviously, the reason I picked Sunrise Boulevard is because of the reference to potential Sunset Boulevard in, in Hollywood and in Los Angeles for the hair metal scene. So that, that's the reason why I kind of gravitated towards Sunrise Boulevard when listening to the soundtrack for this one. But... And ended up being potentially my favorite track from this from this franchise or from this soundtrack. Um, really, 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 really strong. I just wish that the game was potentially not so difficult because I would like to. And and that goes for the entirety of the Shinobi franchise for the most part. I mean, they're they're just difficult games. So I mean, they 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 were the Dark Souls games back before Dark Souls was a thing. Dude, the whole friggin' soundtrack for Revenge of Shinobi, mm -hmm. it was like house music, and it was like techno-style progressive music. Yeah, and you, you actually I, had it, said it that. Must, it, it, it must have been hard for you to actually pick like one song from Revenge of Shinobi. No, it was. And what's interesting is that we were talking about MAGFest off the air, and we were talking about Yuzo Koshiro being there, and you had said that he had actually performed some of the tracks from Revenge of Shinobi the last time he was there. Would have died to hear that live, dude. Like, just... Oh my god! I, I first of all, if he's ever at Magfest again and we're there, like that's all I'm doing. Like literally, just sitting down <laughs> listening to some Yuzo Koshiro music. Uh, I, I am all about that. Like that, I cannot wait. We, we are still trying to go to Magfest in 2019. We're gonna try to make that happen. So I'm excited for that. It'll be awesome. All right, for my next track, something that's gonna bind lots of my loves. So I love video games. I love Dungeons and Dragons. You do. And I love video game music in general. So much to my by my happiness, Mr. Yuzo Kojiro actually did a Dungeons & Dragons video game. Did he? Okay, and this is the dungeon theme from Eye of the Beholder.
Legion theme from Eye of the Beholder, the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons game. Um, this is the Sega CD version that he put out in 94. Yeah. Awesome stuff. It is. And same, he put this out in the same year as Beyond Oasis. Okay. Another amazing soundtrack that we actually didn't pick from, but... Yeah, we actually didn't pick anything from Beyond Oasis on this episode today. But I may rectify that in Radio Hour, so... Well, not only that, but I mean, there could be potential after 2025, after we do these deep dives to all these composers, that we revisit some of these. So there might be a deep dive Yuzo Koshiro Part 2 sometime in, like, 2026. I mean, mean, it was hard to just narrow them down, so that's definitely a thing we could do as well. (laughs) Yeah, we can definitely revisit some of these things. And, dude, we're going to have to. Like, there's only so many themes and ideas that I can come up with on my own. So I'm not that creative of a person. No, you're not. No, I never. Suck. No, I'm kidding. I, I've never <laughs> claimed to be. I never claimed to be. <laughs> uh, great, um, great this, piece this of music, a, though. Great piece of music here. It, it's a great game for Dungeons and Dragons fans. Uh, yeah, I've not played this, and I didn't even realize that you know that he had made music for a D and D clone type of game. That's really cool. And uh, I mean, he originally actually produced this on the PC eighty eight, and then you know did an actual better version for. The, uh, the, the Sega CD, so it's pretty cool. Because you, you said there was also a Super Nintendo version that he did not compose, right? I don't think he's the. Comp- I don't think he's credited as composer on that one. Hmm. I wonder if he I actually still was or not. I, I have the the Super Nintendo being Tetsuya Nishimura. Okay. That must be an entirely different soundtrack. It'd be interesting to like compare and contrast the two and see if they were the same tracks, just composed differently, or if it's an completely I, different soundtrack. It'd be kind of interesting I, to do that. I, It'd be cool to check out. Yeah, I've never actually played the Super Nintendo version of it. So you played the Sega CD version, I'm assuming? I have, yes. Okay, cool. Cool. Pretty cool game, pretty cool game. Yeah, yeah, indeed. But I want to go ahead and take us to an actual PC-88 game that I feel has a phenomenal soundtrack. Potentially one of his best. So, from the scheme, this is I'll Save You All My Justice.
And that was I'll Save You All My Justice from The Scheme. This obviously released for the PC-88 in 1988, go figure. Uh, August 1988 to be exact. And this was published and developed by Bothtick Incorporated. Uh, it stars a red-haired adventurer that looks eerily similar to Adel Kristen from the Ease franchise, obviously made famous by Nihon Falcom. But it's not. You're playing as the King of Rhea himself, and uh, it's, dude, it's, it's an interesting game. I have played this game. Uh, it is an RPG. It, it follows a lot of the same formats that, you know, you would expect from an RPG in 1988. But what's interesting about this, and I did some digging, so Bothtech Incorporated. They obviously made the scheme in August 1988. They did Topple Zip in 87 over in Japan. They did Relics in 87 over in Japan. And they did a game called Eggy. But then they later changed their name and they became Quest. And Quest was responsible for a ton of games that released over in Japan. Uh, more specifically, Tactics Ogre. They did Ogre Battle 64. Wait, wait, wait. Those are Square games. Right. In 2002, Quest was purchased by Squaresoft. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, I know exactly what it means. Yeah, so uh, obviously these were originally by Quest in the early 2000s, in late 90s, early 2000s. And then in 2002, Quest was purchased by Squaresoft. So they had all... Yeah. So that, that the scheme technically is a Square franchise now. <laughs> yeah, because uh, this company obviously is uh, is still going to this day because they were just absolved into Square, which then eventually would merge with Square Enix uh, one year later in 2003, after one year after they purchased uh, Quest. So uh, Yuzo Koshiro obviously did a fantastic soundtrack to this game. I listened to the entire thing. This track clearly stuck out to me the most. Uh, it's definitely the strongest track on the entire soundtrack, but I highly recommend checking out this entire thing. It's very good. Very, very, very good. So. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, it really is. My next pick was actually a hard one to come by. Okay. Because because I picked something from Castlevania Portrait of Ruin. The thing with that is, I had to make sure it was a song we didn't pick already. Yeah, because we did an entire deep dive into Castlevania this past October. So, I'm assuming you cross-referenced the spreadsheet. Yes, yeah, so this is what we haven't done. So which, I had, uh, which needs updated. That spreadsheet has been updated in about two months. So, um, But this is going to be the Invitation of a Crazed Moon from Castlevania Portrait of Ruin.
was the invitation of a crazed moon from Castlevania Portrait of Ruin. Uh, game came out in the States uh, December 5th of 2006 on the DS. This was the first Castlevania game that allowed co-op. Really? Play. I mean, there, there, there was a co-op mode technically in Don Asaro, but this was actually like co-op play. Uh, you played as two characters, uh, Jonathan and Charlotte. Hmm. Uh, she, she, she's her storybook. He uses whip. His whip is awesome. I uh, really love this game, but man, what a song. Yuzu Koshiro didn't do the whole soundtrack himself. Uh, he also did it with uh, Maturo Yamani, who is the, the, the queen of the Castlevania. Yeah, music that's, scene. That's, that's her, you know, that's her baby. That's her franchise. So. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but he, he lent a few uh, songs to this one, that being one of them. Okay. Um, yeah. This one, the, the cooperative multiplayer in this one was awesome. You could actually hook onto the Nintendo Wi-Fi. That was a thing. I don't know if that's still a thing. I don't know if it's still a thing or not. I wonder if they shut that down. The Nintendo Wi-Fi connection or whatever it was called. Yeah. The N- N- w- uh, NFC or whatever it was. I forget that actually what they called that crap. It was stupid. <laughs> it should have just been an online service. Yeah, it was. It was. I know. I wonder if that's actually still uh, still a thing. Well, I'll look that up. Uh, later on but man like I said it, it's so it's so good to hear him in a Konami game because he's he's inspired by Konami he's inspired by Konami Namco and Sega okay yeah and how many I wonder how many Konami games he's been a part of I don't know that'd be that'd be an interesting thing to kind of research and see what he's done because if I'm not mistaken this is the only Castlevania game he's a part of it's the only one I saw on the list yeah that's I think I'm pretty sure this is his only Castlevania game so. Just on a, quick, on a quick glance, it looks like it's the only Konami game he's done. Wow. Okay. Probably the only one Pretty he'll ever cool. get to do, too, because you know how Konami is right now. He'll make it happen. He'll make it happen eventually. Dude, what I'm excited about is next week's episode. We actually get to record it at a normal time. This is two weeks in a row now. We're recording at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it, yeah. def- it definitely shows in our in our voice. <laughs> Yes, I'm losing a little bit of my timber. Yes, so obviously, hopefully next week we'll be back to a normal schedule. Uh, E3 week definitely screwed us up, but at the same time, so did me losing internet. As I said previously at the beginning of the Final Fantasy episode that we posted uh, this past weekend, obviously that was late, but my internet got knocked out Tuesday during the Nintendo E3 Direct. A garbage truck collided with a pole outside my house, knocked down the line, shredded them, and the tech, for whatever reason, from AT&T, a bunch of jerks, they didn't arrive till Friday, so I had no internet for almost four days. So it, it definitely uh, definitely put us back several days in terms of coverage and, and content. We're still trying to catch up. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. What's crazy though, dude, since we, we eliminated the, well, not eliminated, but we reduced the amount of tracks for this, we're already moving into, we're already over halfway done. You've got two tracks left. I have three tracks left. So I'm gonna go ahead and play my next pick. And Yuzo Koshiro has definitely been making a, a more recent franchise extremely popular due to his compositions and soundtracks. And of course, that's the Etrian Odyssey franchise. So from Etrian Odyssey 4, Legends of the Titan, this is Faith is My Pillar.
And that was Faith is My Pillar from Etrian Odyssey 4, Legends of the Titan. This released here in North America on February 26, 2013. Uh, the Etrian Odyssey franchise is a first-person dungeon crawler RPG, uh, widely considered some of the best first-person dungeon crawlers, if not the best ones, uh, that are currently out there available on the market. Uh, these are great games, dude. Um, you know, I, I have an issue with first-person dungeon crawlers. I have a hard time playing these games, but the Etrian Odyssey games are so well done that I look past it. And part of the reason is because they're done by Atlas, and I am such a huge fan of Atlas. Uh, you know, they, they, in my opinion, they are definitely up there in terms of Japanese developers. I, I adore their games. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Persona. Everyone knows that. That's my one of my favorite franchises of all time. But the story found within these Etrian Odyssey games are really good. And it helps that Yuzo Koshiro is on board just knocking these soundtracks out of the park and giving us something really enjoyable to listen to while playing through these games. Uh, I knew I wanted to pick from Etrian Odyssey 4 because I feel like it might be my favorite one from the entire series, but I had a hard time narrowing it down and figuring out what I wanted to play from Etrian Odyssey 4. I had it narrowed down to about five tracks, and I eventually settled on this one. So, pretty cool, though. That was a good song, Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, Yuzo just knocking it out of the park. In fact, I was just reading a little tidbit about him. Okay. Um, the music that he uh, did for Mean Machines, it was, exper- it was experimental electronic music that was considered to be trance. It actually predate- predates trance music. They're saying that he may be considered the father of trance music. Really? Music for that game. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy, dude. That would be awesome if he was. Like, I hope that's true. Yeah. I'm just going to make that. That's canon. He's the father of trance music. There we go. <laughs> you heard it here first. I don't let, it, so. don't let anyone tell you differently. It's, it's true. So, uh... I'm a Dragon Ball guy. Are you? Fact, are you actually? You're, you're, you're wearing a Dragon Ball shirt right now. I was, I was gonna say, yeah, you guys can't see it, but uh, Brian can. I am wearing my my, uh, my Goku shirt right now. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take you to Dragon Ball Online with the awesome main theme by Yuzo Koshiro. Dragon Ball Online. That was a good track. I like that. I didn't even know about this game. 
How do you not know about Dragon Ball Online? It doesn't, well, seem, it, does, it, it doesn't seem like it was that popular. It was the greatest massively multiplayer online role-playing game uh, in Japan and South Korea for a, a minute. For about a, for, I'm assuming for all of 60 seconds. Yeah, I, th- I think it recently, I, th- I think it went down. Actually, no, it's still up, it's still running. Is it? It, it never came out in North America, it was only over in Japan and Korea? It's here, it's here in America, it has to be here in America. Yeah, but uh, Are you sure? I, I never played. I've never played. I have no idea. Okay, um, I was gonna say I'm not sure. I, I actually did not even know about this. I didn't know there was an MMO based on Dragon Ball. Um, oh, the game, the game was shut down. Um, uh, okay. The uh, the Korean server went down in 2013. The Japanese one afterwards. So it never did come out in North America. But the the, the game was its assets were taken. And it was brought into Dragon Ball Z universe, which we did get. So, okay. Okay. So we didn't we didn't actually get this one, but we did get no, a version of universe. it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 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 Well, I'm glad we didn't get it because it looks like it sucks. <laughs> it probably did, dude. It's probably didn't last for that long. But, but but hey, they got a rocking uh, theme song. So yeah, interesting that he composed a soundtrack for an MMO. That's kind of cool. Can you imagine a Yuzo Koshiro track in World of Warcraft? Oh my god! Can you imagine playing the Fall Festival? Oh, that'd be amazing. It'd be so good. Make it happen, Blizzard. Get Yuzo Koshiro. Just one track. Just one track. That's all I ask. I think Yuzo Koshiro should do one track for every soundtrack that ever comes out for video games. Like that should just be his thing. Like you know, there's you know, come you know, Call of Duty Black Ops Four, and then there's this one track by Yuzo Koshiro. Uh, you know, the ghost, ghost of Tsushima <laughs> coming out in 2019 on PS4, and then there's one track there from Yuzo <laughs> Like that's just, uh, you know what would you know what would do great with um with his music, a Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> or 1980X. Well, he is doing that. Oh, wait, 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 that is happening. He is doing that, unless unless it's all a lie. It was all a dream. It was only just a dream. That's Nelly. First, Brian. That's Nelly. First. No, we're, yeah, I'm moving right past Nelly. <laughs> Nelly is not this, this show's jam, okay? We're, gonna, we're, 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 we're a Coolio family here. We're, gonna, we're, we're, we're dropping that country grammar, dude. Okay. Now, now you sing some Coolio, or you move on to your next track. <laughs> I guess I'll just move on to the next track then. We'll go ahead and uh, move on to a, a PlayStation 3 title that was received kind of bad. I'm not going to lie. The reception was, the reception was mostly negative from critics. Uh, it's sitting at a 42 average on Metacritic. I, because it's a JRPG, happen to enjoy this game. So we're going to be taking a look at a track from Time and Eternity. This is the final boss theme.
And that awesome little track there was the final boss theme from Time and Eternity, which released on PlayStation 3 here in North America July 16th, 2013. What a great track. Obviously, I kind of picked that one for you just because I know you love that type of style of music, the chanting, the very epic type of feel that that track brings with it. Um, I, I feel like this game, it was... It wasn't the best, but I don't think it should have been so slammed. Um, it it sucks because it actually was developed by Imajipak, and I feel like it, this game led to their bankruptcy and demise. Um, they, they were founded in June of 2005, and they filed for bankruptcy and went defunct in May of 2015, just uh, not even two years after this game released. And if I'm not mistaken, this was their last game put out. So it, it, it kind of sucks that uh, that this this led to their demise. Uh, that that was also the studio that was behind Seventh Dragon, um, but no, Imaji Pak obviously they just had some different views, and I, I feel like that hurt Time and Eternity because I feel like it was a good game. I feel like it was a fun game. You, it kind of centered on this princess Toki and her alter ego Toa, and you basically had this theme of time which you had to utilize to, you know, do this battle system and this weird mechanics throughout the game. It was interesting. It was fun. Um, I believe over in Japan, the game was called Toki Toa, and which is kind of then became Time and Eternity here in North America. So, but uh, interestingly, that Yuzo Koshiro was attached to this soundtrack because a lot of people say that this game was so bad, but listening to the soundtrack while playing the game kind of makes it passable because of Yuzo Koshiro's work. So pretty interesting. That's what, that's what a good soundtrack will do for you. And that's what a good soundtrack should do for you. So, pretty cool. Dude, we're down to the last picks. That's not fair, Brian. We're down more to, picks. We're down now, nah, dude. We're doing seven apiece now. These deep dives oh. on the composers. We got 14 total. What are you going to close Ooh. with? All right. I guess I'll choose something from the 3DS. Let's do the Super Smash Brothers Battle Trainer. Please go sure. Trainer theme uh, from Super Smash Brothers 3DS. 
Yeah. A great game that broke a 3DS for me. Did it really? What happened? Oh, um, using the the controller, the uh, the, the joystick. Mm -hmm. The one that was obviously not not the the C one on the right hand side. I'm assuming the normal one on the no, left. The left one, yeah. Okay. Um, it, it's it, a lot of people broke theirs because you play you know, when you play the game, you play it, you know, yeah. Yeah, you're fighting. You get, it's you a, it's a fighter. It. Yeah. So it snapped off and it broke it for me. So. Were you able to send this back to Nintendo and get it fixed or no? No, no. So I can still use it. I still like it's still movable, but is it the same 3DS that you still use to this day? No, no, no. I have a new 3DS. Okay. I have uh, a I have a new 2DS XL. Oh, well, yeah. Mine is 3D, so suck on that. Well, I don't want 3D because I don't like 3D, so suck on that. Did you pick this obviously because of the announcement of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? Oh, am I that transparent? Yes, yes, I am. Um, that's do, exactly why. Do we think that Yuzo Koshiro will have something to do with this upcoming Smash Brothers soundtrack? You know, it's not listed in his things going forward. Yeah, it's not. So it's not. It's not listed as something that he's currently working on. But I would hope so. He has been credited for a majority of them, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah, and and still, an ultimate is a. Like a, a, a mashup of everything. Am amalgamation, yeah. Yeah, like a mashup of all the Smash Brother games put together. So I think I'd be, I think I'd be really disappointed if, uh, if, if he wasn't involved in some capacity on the soundtrack. So maybe it's just something that where we don't have the information right now. But when this game does come out on December seventh of this year for the Switch, I feel like we're really going to have to dig through that soundtrack. Whether it's, you know, whether it gets released by itself and we can listen to it standalone or whether we have to, you know, scour the actual soundtrack in game and look at the credits and see who's credited. We need to find out if Yuzo Koshiro is, is at, all, at all doing anything for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. We do. We have to find out for sure. I hope he is. I mean, because, like, why take his music out? It's perfect. Yeah, yeah no, he, he definitely creates some fantastic pieces for the Smash Brothers franchise, and I think it definitely would be uh, would be a disappointment if he wasn't included in that one. So hopefully he is. I actually didn't think about that, that, um, you know, that, that there's a chance that he might not be working on the new one. But I have a feeling he is. I hope he is anyway. I do. I'm going to go ahead and close this out with a franchise that I feel like Yuzo Koshiro is most synonymous with. Uh, a, a franchise that we have played before here on uh, the BG Mania podcast, and that's, of course, Streets of Rage. So, we, yeah, we're, we're actually going to go back to uh, I saved this one in particular for this episode, but we're going to go ahead and go back to Streets of Rage 2 which we most recently played during our 1992 episode. If you remember, this released December 20th, 1992 for the Sega Genesis. And the track that we're going to be playing is titled Slow Moon, which I feel like might be the most famous track from Streets of Rage 2, if not the most famous, definitely one that is very synonymous with the game. Um, it's an iconic piece of music. It really is. Um... I can't say enough good things about Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3. I mean, all three of these games are, are fantastic. My personal opinion, and I have said this before, Streets of Rage 2 is probably my favorite out of the three, which is why I keep gravitating towards that version for here on, on the podcast and playing music from it. But that's not to say that the soundtracks in 1 and 3 are, you know, bad or anything like that. Like, they're amazing. So we definitely are going well, to... The yeah. soundtrack in general for Streets of Rage 2 is considered revolutionary ahead of its time. 
Yeah, and that, that's 1,000% to be the case. Yeah, that's 1,000% to be the case. Um, so many people talk about the music at Streets of Rage 2, but like I said, the, the soundtracks for 1 and 3 are still very good as well. I mean, they're obviously still both done by Yuzu Koshiro too, so um, just fantastic stuff that he did here with this. And I, I feel like this is the perfect way to cap off our deep dive into Yuzu Koshiro. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to mention about him before we start to close out the episode? Did you have any other facts um, that you had pulled up? I'm just saying he spent most of his life living in a gangster's paradise. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Coolio. Coolio. That's, cool. that, that's got, actually Coolio. That's actually Coolio, not Yuzo Koshiro. But I guess there is a possibility no, that Yuzo Koshiro was living in a gangster's paradise. Or maybe he was living in an homage paradise. I'm just really looking forward um, to 1980X. Um, I cannot wait to get that soundtrack. Yeah, you backed that on Kickstarter, I, I if I'm not it, mistaken, I backed correct? Kickstarter. The game comes out in 2019. I'm looking forward to this. And as soon as I get it, we're going to probably do a special episode. Yeah, I think we're going to have to. Obviously, I think when that game comes out, as long as the soundtrack is good, which it should be since Yuzo Koshiro is attached to the game, uh, we're going to definitely have to take that, you know, take that apart, listen to the soundtrack, and potentially do either a bonus episode or an entire episode dedicated to 1980X if the soundtrack ends up being that good. Because that that's kind of what we're going to do going forward. Like I said, after, after this year, we're going to be changing up how we do some... And, and not really changing it up, but, you know, you, you're definitely not going to see so much, you know, we're not going to be focusing on series so much anymore. We'll keep doing our themes, we'll keep doing our deep dives, we'll keep doing our radio hours, but then we're going to start doing more one-off games as well. So, if 1980X ends up being good, which I assume it will be in terms of soundtrack, we're going to definitely have to take a look at that and maybe do an episode on it. But I think that's going to bring us to the close of our deep dive on Yuzo Koshiro. This was fun, dude. I had fun doing this. Obviously, we had 14 great pieces of music here. And it was one that I was very much looking forward to doing because of how, you know, how important I feel Yuzo Koshiro is to the video game industry. Um, as we continue to talk about throughout this episode, a lot of people are inspired by Yuzo Koshiro. That's where a lot of people, you know, that's why a lot of the music that we're hearing now sounds so similar to Yuzo Koshiro's stuff with this whole retro wave and synth wave, you know, rebirth here in uh, in 2017 and 2018. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of people go back to Yuzo Koshiro. A lot of people that are just now getting their start in video game music grew up playing games that had Yuzo Koshiro soundtracks. So there's just so much awesomeness going on here with Yuzo Koshiro. And like you mentioned at the beginning, dude, the dude's still very, very young. Uh, only 50 years old, turning 51 later this year on December 12th. And I cannot wait to see what he does next obviously we know he's working on 1980x uh he is obviously working on e-tree odyssey x that's coming out this year and um he is working on monster boy and the cursed kingdom that comes out this year so that those are three soundtracks right there we know for sure that we'll get a chance to listen to uh in the next couple months and year but after that you know who knows so i i'm definitely excited to see what he does next but that's gonna do it for this week on bg mania we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of the show. And if you want to remember, you could submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes by sending an email to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. 
If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis. Remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Sport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. Regardless of where you're enjoying this content, be sure to show your support by leaving a review, and if you aren't already, subscribe on YouTube. Be sure to also follow us over at twitch.tv slash games for all our live streams and events which are normally five days a week monday tuesday thursday friday saturday we can also be found on twitter instagram and facebook if you want to follow us across social media check that description box for the appropriate links next week we're going to be taking a look at radio hour volume 12 we did it we absolutely did it dude next week's episode is the last episode before our one year anniversary radio hour volume 12 i can't believe it i can't believe we actually came that far so yeah next week's episode will be a special one for us because it's the last episode that we're going to be doing before our one year anniversary so we will obviously be recording a special one year anniversary episode here in the next couple weeks so i can't wait for that taking us out of this episode once again we have slow moon from Streets of Rage 2. Did I say that earlier? I don't even know if I actually introduced intro with what track. Okay, okay. I can't remember <laughs> if I actually introduced that track before. Uh, yeah, Slow Moon from Streets of Rage 2. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.